On this episode of Tomorrow Stories, Stephanie Schilmüller, death trends expert. Stephanie is researching innovations in the area of death, grief, and remembrance for major brands. Why this area is currently undergoing a huge transformation and why we need to talk about death more than ever, you will hear all about on this episode. Here we go. when trends and innovations are your daily business and you don't see anything of that very much reflected in an industry, then it was quite surprising to me. So think of personalization and sustainability aspects or digitalization. It was really hard to be found, especially back then. And, and it intrigued me to start researching um, about this area and what kind of other signs of change and new products, new developments I can observe. And also I felt that there's a new generation coming up. So my generation, millennials and maybe even Gen Z mm -hmm. that uh, have to uh, make decisions and we want to do things maybe a little bit different. Before we start, here's a little shout out to my production partner. This podcast is produced by the music and brand strategists at Raven and Finch. Together, we've created this format. And if you're looking for someone to advise you on your brand sound, check them out. All infos about Raven and Finch can be found in the show notes. Add it up. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tomorrow Stories. My name is Lizzie Prem and on the Tomorrow Stories podcast, I talk to some of the most cutting edge people and disruptors about what's new and what's next. On this episode, we're going to talk about death, grief and remembrance. And it's a rather difficult topic, I admit. So thank you for finding your way here and uh, opening yourself up. I promise that you're in good hands, uh, just like I felt myself I was when I was talking to Stephanie. And uh, you might ask yourself, why is she doing an episode on death on a future podcast? Why do we even want to talk about this if we are concerning ourselves with the future and we just want to be optimistic about the future? Well, It's uh, because of several factors, one of which, of course, uh, the uh, pandemic with COVID, we are experiencing a global grief crisis, as Stephanie is going to explain. Uh, so much has happened over the course of the last few years, and people have been dealing with death, grief and remembrance in a very, very big way. And also, unfortunately, I want to talk about this topic because a friend of mine recently got terminally ill and I witnessed her deal with uh, all the procedures around your death. Uh, she was researching her own funeral. She was researching what could happen to her remains and she was also dealing with things like the legal processes and what's going to happen with her digital self, like turning off accounts and so on and so forth. And to me, it was just so uh, mind-blowing how old-fashioned and how traditional and how complicated and also how inhumane so many things about this 
process for her were that I started researching myself of what things are changing in this area and what innovations are coming up. And that's how I came across uh, Stephanie, Stephanie and her good grief account on Instagram. Stephanie is a trend forecaster and she works with all sorts of brands in all sorts of areas, but she has seen that this is a, a sector where there's so much potential still and has set up a consultancy where she focuses on this topic and she already works with major brands uh, who want to help us in this space to come up with things, uh, with products, with services that will be or already are a lot how can I say a lot, a lot, lot more humane, a lot more human friendly <laughs> in this, in this, in this period? As Stephanie's going to say, when when a loved one dies, when a family member dies, we are confronted with uh, thousands and thousands of euros that we are spending on things that we are not even choosing in this really, really vulnerable state that we're in. And already we can see innovations in these areas that and startups that help us. And so I wanted to dive into this topic a lot more. I kind of also saw that our generation, I'm Generation X, is also changing the whole taboo about it. We want to do it differently. We uh, are concerned with what happens when our parents die. And we also see the implications of the whole digital realm. And uh, we are a generation that wants to be a lot more prepared and also wants to talk about these taboos and tackle issues before they even arrive. And uh, so that is why this area is really a fascinating one for me. So uh, this episode is for you if you want to find out why the subject of death is still such a taboo, but also why it's important in Stephanie's opinion to talk about it more. We will also look into what's happening with our digital self and how we can prepare for the time after we die. And Stephanie is also going to look into why brands take notice of death, grief and remembrance and how we can all better address the health and economic implication of this current grief crisis. So without further ado, I invite you to a very, very special episode that will open your mind and if possible, in the very best case, also change your thinking. You're up for a really, really special episode and uh, a very interesting interview with Stephanie. So let's hear it from her. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. Good, good. The so nice showing under here, so I hope you can see me. It's very dark. Yes, really well. <laughs> okay. It's so nice to have you here. Thank yeah, you. I was just uh, starting to talk a little bit about our topic. Um, it's a difficult topic for Monday morning, yes. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to explain a little bit why I chose it. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow stories, why is death, remembrance, grief, why is this about tomorrow? Well, it's something that, is uh, going to concern us all at one point or the other, of course. And uh, I think this is an area where there is a lot happening at the moment. A lot is changing, and rightly so. And um, I'm so glad I found you as an expert in this area to talk about this uh, with us. 
And um, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> extremely interesting. And thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing this all uh, with us. So Stephanie, she's a trend expert. Uh, she worked, for example, for a trend bureau with uh, Peter Wippermann, if you know him. And um, my first question is, like, you explore trends and innovations around death and grief, and you are in touch with big brands uh, about it, like IKEA, ING, or Philips. What exactly brought you to this field? Because I guess it's not a common, really common area to choose as an expertise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was simply a personal experience. Uh, so three years ago, uh, I was involved in taking care of um, my great aunt at the end of her life. She didn't have a family of her own. So, um, yeah, we were kind of involved in a lot of care decisions uh, when she was getting uh, yeah, sicker and older. And um, yeah, I was there to help her and it was quite eye-opening for me to see how this whole process went because it was not about her. It was not so much about her wishes. It was really more about administrative questions, financials, her care plan, the health insurance, what she has paid. And also all the discussions in the process were so inhumane. I don't know. It was quite shocking, shocking mm -hmm. to, uh, to follow that. And I also realized for myself, I had a really a huge blind spot about this whole part of the, at the end of our lives. And then, um, yeah, the, also during the funeral, um, I thought that this would, yeah, I don't know. I thought it, things should be different actually. And it was very much about uh, the procedure and the protocol and how things had to happen but I don't know it felt not so personal as I wanted it to be and when um, yeah when trends and innovations are your daily business and you don't see anything of that very much reflected in an industry then it was quite surprising to me so think of personalization and sustainability aspects or digitalization that was really hard to be found, especially well, back then. And um, maybe this was also part of that specific um, funeral director and how he was doing things. But it intrigued me to start researching um, about this area and what kind of other signs of change and new products, new developments I can observe. And also I felt that there's a new generation coming up. So my generation, millennials, and maybe even Gen Z mm -hmm. that uh, have to uh, make decisions and we want to do things maybe a little bit different. So mm -hmm. this was, this was what, it, what started it. And why do you think that in our society, I mean, we're really speaking from our cultural uh, perspective here, uh, because in other cultures, of course, it's very, very different. I saw it in Africa. There's a totally different uh, way of uh, dealing with death. Uh, so why do you think that in our society, it's still such a taboo? When you shared this, this great quote uh, that talking about sex doesn't get you pregnant and talking about funerals, won't make you die <laughs> so why do you think that this is still so difficult for people yeah um that's one of my favorite questions <laughs> yeah. i like i like thinking about the taboo part so and whoever is listening and has another idea about it please share it and for sure this is also a bit of my european and western uh, view on it but overall i think it's a uh, it's a human thing. It's a, it's, uh, it's in our brains, you know, we as uh, humans are hardwired to think about the future, about the next steps. We think about the weather, 
uh, tomorrow about the next career step, um, where we want to go on holiday. So it's always the next, next, next thing. This is how our, how our brains work. To, so to think about something coming to an end and just yeah, being over is not really in our nature. So it's very difficult to do that. And certainly we're just afraid of our own death and that's normal because you don't want to have like a feeling of unfinished business and not having done all the things you wanted to do or uh, yeah, just being stopped in the pace of your life. And uh, that's a scary thing, but that's actually in contrast, the thing why you should think about it because mm -hmm. then you value the time you have more. So thinking about death is also very much about thinking about life in the end. Mm -hmm. And a, another big thing uh, in the why it is a taboo is education. So we simply don't grow up with it. Um, we don't mm -hmm. see it. I've never seen a dead person in my life still. Well, I've seen pictures. We see videos and we see films and movies about death, but, but death is not happening in our reality. And especially um, as children, we don't, we don't grow up with it. Our parents maybe rarely talk about it. It's still a thing of like, should you take a child to a funeral or not? And uh, there's a dead bird laying on the ground. Oh, we just move on. You know, we, I don't, I don't know. Parents often think that this is a very heavy topic, but it, it doesn't have to be. It's the way you do. Mm -hmm. You make the topic heavy with your words. So as children, um, we don't grow up with a terminology with talking about getting words for what is happening. No, and that kind of passes on until later in eight in, uh, at later stages. And I think it's also caused by history and um, the traumas of the two world wars. So our grandparents, they didn't want to talk about it. They just wanted to move on. They often maybe wanted to forget about it. It was, it was very traumatizing. And that also cuts kind of the, the conversation about it. So mm -hmm. history uh, plays a role. And um, uh, one of the biggest influences I also see is uh, the progress in the medical world. So we are extending life longer and longer and longer, which is a good thing. Um, but also it brings two things so that the whole all of the developments in the medical field basically also take death out of our four walls because mm. we die in a hospital in a palliative care or hospice setting so we're rarely dying at home and the longer we live the more more uh, comorbidities we develop we have kidney diseases or heart diseases heart attacks and things like that so you get more um yeah issues and diseases at the end of your lives and in a lot of cases unfortunately this means you're dying in pain and no one wants to die in pain so that's mm -hmm. quite scary so mm -hmm. there these are kind of developments i see on a very personal um side that fuel the fear of death but i think if you tackle them if you know what you're afraid of then it's much easier to um yeah, to, to live with it or to find a solution or to think about what you actually want at the end of your life and what you don't want. So, mm. No, it's so interesting. Also for me, this is a topical, difficult topic, but speaking to you, even in our pre-talk, just made me think about it differently. And I already realized that it's so important and it makes so much sense. And thank you for uh, 
being the way you are and, and making it so easy for me to talk to you now. I, I hope people watching uh, this also see that uh, once you get over this, it's, it's actually things that you really want to think about now and not when you're forced to at the very end. And this brings me to my, my, my next question. Which topics uh, do you think are uh, the most interesting at the moment? Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, as I mentioned before, in this field at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's gigantic. <laughs> there are so many things because death touches like every part of our life, and that's why I find it so fascinating. You know, we you talk about medicine, but you can also talk about fashion. What kind of clothes are people wearing um, at the end or in a, when they get laid to rest? Or it's it can be about food, can be about everything. So that's the fascinating part that it touches so many relevant areas in our lives. But the most interesting, um, maybe there are, there are three. It's uh, sustainability, our digital lives, and a grief epidemic that I'm uh, observing. And to start with sustainability, I mean, this was something that was also quite new to me when I started researching, because you think you get born, you live, you die, so the circle closes, wonderful mm -hmm. loop, uh, everything fine. But actually, yeah, dying and also getting buried is one of the most unsustainable things that we do at the moment. Um, so just think of, um, yeah, a lot of people flying into a funeral pre-COVID and it will come back at one point certainly as well. But so a lot of people traveling, um, coffins, if you get buried traditionally, um, coffins are often made of tropical woods. They are lacquered. Um, people wear synthetic clothes when they are laid into the coffin. A cremation as well is, doesn't also have a very good uh, CO2 footprint. Um, I mean, all the flowers that are just used for a short amount of time, um, all these things um, are quite unsustainable. And we also as people actually pollute the soil because there are a lot of toxins in our bodies at the end of our lives. Maybe you had... Um, had to take heavy medications or follow a chemotherapy. So there are, I think someone uh, did a research about it, over 200 toxins in our bodies that cannot be broken down. So this is all getting into the soil. Um, and that was quite um, eye-opening to me and interesting. And what I'm seeing now as well is that there are first solutions coming up or opportunities and options to, to change that. So people are rethinking the way they do funerals and sometimes it can be just simple and small steps. So why buy uh, flowers usually that come from Morocco or so if you have a nice garden and you can uh, handpick a few flowers that you want or um, there are new innovations like um, as an alternative to a traditional burial or cremation there's now human composting. It's quite a challenging thought to think about it, but uh, in the US, it's now already legal in uh, mm. two countries, I think, that you can uh, basically, yeah, change or put the body in uh, on a bed of wood chips and with bacteria basically become um, soil at the end of a year and then become feeding ground for a for a tree for example which is very beautiful and which is what you would think the cycle of life is yeah. 
actually uh, about, but yeah. it's not really happening like that now, no? Yeah. So this is this is all new and yeah. old, kind of new now rediscovered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there is a uh, and like last year maybe you you've seen it it went uh, viral quite quickly. Uh, a designer here from Holland uh, developed a living coffin, the way you no, called it. it. It's a it's a, a coffin basically grown out of mushroom roots. So he creates a structure, and the root network of mushrooms will create and and grow a um, yeah a, a solid structure, and you can put the body in it. And then it's also said to break down the body much, much faster in the soil mm -hmm. due to, um, yeah, the fungus actually making, doing its work and also cleaning the soil at one point. So they're also now doing research into or looking into it, how this can maybe change the way we bury, um, we get buried. But that also affects, again, a cultural question because it is a mushroom coffin. It's not the precious pretty uh, um, mahogany wooden coffin that you might want to buy for your grandmother because this is how it used to be you have to buy something really expensive to show that you uh, appreciate and, and value this person and want to put it to rest mm -hmm. in a very mm -hmm. uh, very pretty uh, coffin but now people are starting to rethink what what are we doing what are we leaving behind and also I myself have a say in this, you know, if I write it down properly, what my wishes are, it's much easier for my rel relatives to follow those wishes. Mm -hmm. And in, in our pre-talk, you actually said um, it is an industry uh, and it is a business uh, and it has customers at a very vulnerable stage. Uh, you're yeah. being asked to spend thousands and thousands of euros. So, um it's actually something, uh, yeah, that we need to think about more yeah. if we want to be conscious uh, consumers in a way like that too. Uh, yeah. And I found that really, really interesting when you mentioned yeah. this because you just push it away and you don't want to think about this and then you're confronted with uh, decisions when a loved one has died that you don't want to make actually in the way that you're having to make it then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you're, you you're very yeah. vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. You're you're grieving. You're sad, and then you have to sit there and uh, decide about things like for the funeral. Like, who do we invite? What do we do? What's the procedure? What do we buy? And for a lot of people, that's part of the grieving process and can also be healing to have something to do. So I don't want to say that's necessarily all negative, mm -hmm. but you are in a very vulnerable state. So you will spend a lot of money on just really quick solutions because you also want to move on. And uh, uh, I think the more you can prepare for that and it doesn't have to be like every day thinking about it, but just once write it down mm -hmm. and just be aware of it. Mm. It can help so much and can help your family as well to mm -hmm. to make better choices and have less of a burden at this point in life. Yeah, and the second uh, area you mentioned was the digital uh, yeah. part about death, uh, which is extremely interesting and very, very relevant. Maybe yeah. you want to elaborate a bit on this. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, right now we're not just leading our normal lives in reality, whatever that is, but uh, we also mm -hmm. build uh, digital lives. I mean, just think of all the social media platforms uh, we have accounts on or like newsletters we su subscribe to, um, profiles uh, all over the web. So we're leaving a lot of traces in our life and we're creating identities on a lot of platforms. So what is happening with this life when we're gone? So who's getting access to our passwords? So we should make sure that this also happens in time so that people maybe uh, can close accounts or if you want to leave them open. Um, yeah, th these are questions you have mm -hmm. to ask yourself and you have to maybe discuss with your relatives. And also uh, just to be aware you know, you have no rights on Instagram or your Facebook accounts. So when you Perfect. die, this all goes over to uh, mm -hmm. Facebook and then they can still... I did um, not know this is crazy. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so you can, uh, um, you should be, should look into this and it's different for all of the different platforms, but you can assign a guardian who, ha who gets access to, oh. your, um, mm -hmm. to your account at one point. Um, and can also do things with it, can uh, make it a memorial account or maybe close it even. But yeah, there has to be an assigned person because otherwise it's quite complicated to show and prove that you're a relative, even if you have a death certificate or things like that. But also overall, just be aware of all the, the content you create online. And, and this life maybe should also die or you you need to do something with it i mean this is it's a choice to to think about mm -hmm. it with um what is happening with all of this and i actually funny enough like last week i um i cleaned up my email a little bit because i now, now do this sometimes <laughs> and i saw an old <laughs> i saw mm -hmm. an old message actually from my uh from my father who said that after my great aunt died it took him a year to close all her uh, accounts, bank accounts to uh, cancel um, phone contracts and things like uh, things like that. And she was an analog person. She didn't have any uh, email accounts mm -hmm. or anything. So it already took a year to go through uh, a lot of loops. Um, yeah, with different uh, institutions to to finalize this whole procedure and that he doesn't have to pay anything else now so just think about it how much you have to go through mm -hmm. and uh, so that's and an interesting field the, the, uh, yeah yeah and also in a sense also interesting when we look at uh what now looks a bit very crazy, the innovations that are there. Uh, we saw Kim Kardashian receive a birthday gift from Kanye West, her ex-husband, or in the process of yeah. being an ex-husband now, where uh, her father was a hologram and mm -hmm. uh, he was speaking to her. Uh, yeah. He was brought back to life through digital design. And um, I guess this opens up so much discussion about uh, even yourself, your rights to yourself, after you die and uh it's just mind-blowing what could be possible in the future yeah. yeah i mean that there are i don't i'm not a big fan of uh making this always a negative scenario so i'm also trying yeah. to find the good things in it and i know that uh creating those holograms or um also virtual realities kind of 
recreating people in a virtual reality setting can often help in the grieving process. So there's one example, and you can, I think, easily find that on YouTube or on my canal, mm -hmm. about a mother who uh, lost her daughter very suddenly. Yeah, and she, so she mm -hmm. couldn't really say goodbye properly. And there was always... Yeah, I don't know, something uh, something left that she felt it was unfinished and she just wanted to see her again. So they created a, recreated her in um, in a virtual environment setting. It was a South Korean uh, company. And it was very hard to watch for me because I have three children myself. But on the other hand, I can also imagine that it helped her because it, she was involved in the choice. It was her choice and she actively opted in to do this um so it can uh, those technical solutions now can also really help you in the in the grieving process and maybe this whole idea of that that someone dies and then it's over and we don't have we don't talk anymore and the the relationship ends maybe this is also over in a digital environment because we continue to have a certain relationship and a certain connection with them because we still uh, see each other on social platforms or mm -hmm. uh, can interact in a certain ex to a certain extent. Maybe there that's a good uh, and hopeful thing for a lot of people that are afraid to lose someone. Mm. And uh, do you see any uh, other solutions, other innovations that you think are really important uh, for the future in this field that you think we should have a look at <laughs> i mean for everyone i didn't mention your uh page in the beginning your account it's called good grief uh so for everyone interested uh to see uh, more about uh, what stephanie is doing i highly recommend her instagram account uh where she posts a lot around this topic and uh always super super interesting and always uh food for thought um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just, I, I just find it so fascinating and uh like i said it touches so many areas of our lives so that's why it's so um yeah it, it gives back the research gives back to me as well mm -hmm. um but i mean new innovations sometimes it doesn't have to be uh something super big or crazy um what i'm observing right now and the development i like are all those end of life planning platforms that are popping up especially in the last year um with covid and uh, especially in the us so it's still few have to come more in, in europe there are more um solutions to actually go through those processes to get aware of what mm -hmm. are the decisions I have to take um, and to make at the end of our lives. And that in an attractive format, you know, you're not, I mean, this existed before, but it's, you sit there and you have documents to fill in and it's quite boring. So I'm looking for something that is fitting my lifestyle and the way I usually do things. So ideally mm -hmm. it's app-based or in an attractive online environment where I can go through a, um, yeah, a process to to think about all those aspects. So what how, what care do I want to have at the end of the, my life? Mm -hmm. And how far do we go? And also, what do I want to leave behind? What, um, what do we do with wheels? So there's actually a very interesting company in um, the UK called Fairwheel. So from Fairwell, Fairwheel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a solution online where they ask you, I think, 15 questions, 15 minutes, and you can write your wheel. 
And that's under UK law, unfortunately. So there are all those different UK yeah, laws. Yeah. So, um, uh, I have to figure this out for a German, but then again, a German living abroad in the Netherlands, it's even mm -hmm. more complicated. But just as a, as a thought, I mean, mm -hmm. this is very appealing. You're not having to go to a lawyer and sit there and write complicated documents. So it's very, very easy and smart and fast. And they will cross-check it with a lawyer and then you will get your... You will, and it's it's done in a very very quick fashion. So that's what I really like, and uh, and see a lot of potential to also help people to get prepared in a much much better way. Mm. And you also mentioned that uh, Generation Z, uh, with the whole mindfulness approach and thinking so much more about a conscious life and conscious living, that yes. you think that there will be uh, a lot of change abroad. Uh, by this new mindset and I thought that was really interesting and uh, in our preparation you also sent me an article uh, which mentioned that um, especially women our age who now have uh, aging parents and uh, are much more uh, hands-on about this topic and they're thinking ahead and they want to make plans and 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 uh, they're also bringing about a lot of change so uh Maybe our conversation now has also uh, made people think about this topic more in a different way. It certainly has for me. <laughs> Meeting you virtually <laughs> uh, has been extremely mind-opening. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you came and, and, and shared your thoughts uh, yeah. today. And I hope we get to speak again in the future about more on this. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you still want to do the measure tape? Oh, yes. If we talk oh, about my that. Let's just get it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let me get one. I'm fully prepared. But excuse me, my past days have been, yeah, a bit crazy. No worries. <laughs> For no everyone worries. who has followed my profile. <laughs> knows that I'm quarantining at the moment but everything is fine no, it's a, it was but, just fitting so well yeah, you yeah we about, definitely have to talk about this yeah you um, talked about mindfulness so I thought that's a nice closure yes um, so that's a little exercise everyone can do at home especially after maybe after you went to Ikea because they have those nice rip off paper yes. measuring tapes <laughs> steal one um and the thing is so you have a a, a tape of one meter, so 100 centimeters, which basically symbolizes your life. Uh, so this is your life that you're holding in your hands. And then you have to take scissors and think about what age you are maybe most likely to die or you think about dying. So uh, you can think of your grandparents, when did they die on average? You can think about women usually get older than men. Uh, yesterday, I checked average life expectancy in Europe right now is 82 years. So I'll uh, I'll take the 82 and I'll cut the tape at 82. I won't cut mine, but I'll come in. That's why that's why the, the paper one is easier to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't hurt. Okay, I cut it at 82, and then you look at the front end of your tape. And um, look at the, the life, basically, that you have already behind you or that you have a lot of nice memories, certainly, about that you already lived. And you cut the tape at the age that you currently have. So I'm 41. I'll cut it at 41. 
So this is the part of the life you have no influence on anymore because this is what has mm -hmm. happened. But this part, which is uh, still okay, <laughs> for some mm -hmm. people it might be longer, for some it might be shorter, but this is the life that is left that you have in your hands. And uh, you can think about how you want to spend it and what you want to do with it. And if you maybe worst case have to still take a few years off at the end because you might be sick and not so easy moving and traveling around anymore, then it gets even less. And so looking at this part of the strip of the measuring tape, you should think about how you want to spend those years that are left. How much of it do you want to actually work? Um, or what else do you want? Oh, um, that everyone should do. You were frozen a bit at oh. the end now, but it worked really yeah. well. Our connection from Austria to Amsterdam. Yeah, this is also a really beautiful uh, thought at the end of the talk. I was uh, actually quite surprised how long my already lived part is. <laughs> yeah, midlife crisis screaming at me. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> that was not the intention. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely a very beautiful uh, thought and uh, something to uh, take into this week, take into this crazy year we still have and had last year. And uh, thank you so much for all the insights and inspiration you have given us today. And, You're uh, welcome. Thanks for inviting me. It was Thank a pleasure. Thank you so much. So we've already reached the end of this episode. Thank you for staying on all the way through. I'm really excited to have you here. And if you liked what you're hearing, please subscribe to this podcast, Tomorrow Stories, here on Spotify or on Apple Podcast. And if you like, you can always get in touch with us via our website, tomorrowstories.com, or via our Instagram account, Tomorrow Stories. Until next time, take care.